episode of Dose of OJ, Owen Watterson, Josh Barlog, uh, brought to you by the Unwrapped Sports Network. It is Monday, June 15th. We got a lot to get to today. Going to be talking a lot of MLB. Uh, We're going to be talking about our least favorite chores, which is something that uh, I'm sure a lot of people have a very strong opinion on. So this should be an interesting topic. We got a little bit about the NHL, uh, Yankee sign stealing, Players Association again. Uh, rejecting another proposal from the MLB because the MLB sucks, and then we'll then Josh will get his ass kicked in trivia again at the I'm end of the episode. So. My ass kicked. I see it's six to three. I'm only down three. The comeback is on. I mean, I'm I got shirts on the way that say "Comeback Kid." Like, it's it's not that hard, man. It's not that hard. It, it's really hard. I'm I'm still down three, and uh, there was a lot of false hope in that in that sentence right there, uh, but. I don't know. I, I just spit all over myself. I don't know if the camera picked that up, but um, it's been hard for you. Is that what she said? Yeah, it's it's, it's been, been hard. Why? For you. Would you just not listen to me now? I don't know. That's what she said. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe not me. the best way to start an episode, <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll go ahead and jump into our least favorite chores. Josh, I'm not ex- okay. I don't want to say. I am extremely opinionated about this. I was going to say I wasn't, but now the more that I think wait, about wait, it in wait. these past five seconds. This, before we get into this, we got to let everybody know there's an interview at the end of this episode, so stick around. Perry Aston, the co-founder of the Unwrapped Sports Network, is uh, he, he sat down with us, which rightfully so. We are part of the Unwrapped Sports Network, so I'd be pretty upset if he didn't. Uh, yeah, but also, sucked. The poll, <laughs> if he was like, nah, man, I can't do it. The poll that was posted on, on, on the Unwrapped Sports Network Twitter, I haven't looked at the results, but uh, it's pulp or no pulp. Those were the two options. And I, last time I checked it, it was 60-40. Um, no, I'm sorry. It was like 68-32. No yeah, 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 yeah. No pulp was winning. You, I got it. To rub and, it in some more. And, and I helped out your numbers because I accidentally voted for pulp. Yeah. You know, first of all, guys, if you're listening to this on Apple, especially because I don't think you can leave reviews on Spotify. Um, if you're on Spotify, though, follow us. But on Apple, if you decide to leave a review, tell us, are you pulp or no pulp? Because Ooh, every time cool. there's every time there's a pulp, I'm just going to rub it in Josh's face. And every time he sees one that's no pulp, he's just going to throw it to me. So you guys can uh, actually create actual debates between me and Josh if you'd like to. And don't so. lie because I, people, people are going to be like, oh, well, Josh is kind of a douchebag. So I'm going to put pulp. Like, just, just be honest. I feel like this is a topic people are very opinionated about. Like no, either you, us. either. I think it's just us. If you think it's just us. I, yeah, I think it's just I would us. like to think that people are opinionated about how they like to drink their orange juice. But that, now that I say that, it doesn't sound like anything people would actually care about. Hey, what's the difference between, um, what's the difference between orange juice and Sunny D? You know, that's always something I've wonder. Do you know, actually? Cause I, <laughs> I, I really don't no. know. No, One's no definitely idea. different. Like, Sunny D is not orange juice. It's I'd say it's orange drink. Yeah, I mean, I guess. it's not orange juice. Great. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the orange drink slash juice rabbit hole after this episode. Well, is Tang orange juice? Mm, no. No. See, that's I. It's the same scenario. I just think it's a non-alcoholically oh, spiked it? version. It as like a soda or like a. No, I class. This is my. This is my official classification right here: a non-alcoholically enhanced beverage. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, a spiked non-orange juice, something spiked but non spiked but not spiked. Got it. Yes, that's that's All what right. I was trying to get at. You put words in my mouth. So, least favorite chores. Uh, it's 
I'm just going to start. I'm going to cut you off. Uh, number one is definitely the folding of the laundry. Oh, God. I don't think that's my number one, but that, that's definitely on my list. I don't know. Uh, I think we can't throw any in here that we like, right? It's just, it's just the worst ones. Well, let's start from, let's start from the back. Let's start from our least or like our third, maybe. Okay, well, do top three. Then. Uh, okay. Just put you didn't, you guys didn't hear anything. Uh, <laughs> number three for me is probably emptying the dishwasher. Uh, my number three, since I don't have a dishwasher at my house is just doing the dishes. I guess. I, yeah. I guess I'll blanket statement that I hate doing dishes in general. It's just not, it's not fun, especially like, uh, you know, that's, that's why I don't like cooking because then when you cook, you, you finish eating all this food and then you're just like, well, shit, I got to still do the dishes. And that's See, not okay, fun. But, but in that case though, uh, like in, in, in my past relationships, I, I can't stand cooking. I'm ter- first of all, terrible at it. Um, yeah, but it's so much cheaper than eating out all the oh, time. Oh no, hundred percent. But, but what I would do is I'd be like, Hey, whoever I'm dating, how about we have an agreement here? You cook, I'll do the dishes. At that point, I feel like me doing the dishes is worth it because if I didn't do the dishes, there was no food. Okay. That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. What about, it doesn't discount the fact that I hate doing the dishes. Okay. That's fair. What, What about, what about two? Um, number two for me is probably, See, I first I'm gonna throw this in. I like vacuuming. I don't know if that's I don't weird. mind vacuuming. I think it's very satisfying after you're done. You get to see all the lines it. in the carpet. And it does and it doesn't take that long either. Like vacuuming is not that bad. I think my number two, and I know this might not make the list for a lot of people because maybe they never had to do it, but trimming the hedges oh, is just the yard work worst. in general. Can we throw yard that in there? Lows. See, I'm telling you, I was cleaning up my gutter earlier, and it was awful. I used and to work for a landscaping company, and it was garbage. Yeah, and like on top of that, I thought I was gonna have a ladder that could get me on top of my roof, so I could like actually get everything out. But my ladder was a midget ladder, and decided it didn't want to get me all the way up there, so I had to stand at the very top of the ladder where you're not supposed to stand to clean one side of my house's gutters off because it wasn't tall enough to reach the other side. Got to do what you got to do. Um, you got to do what you got to do, but, but no, yeah, that my, was not fun. My number one is obviously uh folding of the laundry. I, I guess I'll, laundry I don't mind in general. I don't see, I don't mind like throwing it in the washer because that's easy. You just dump the whole, I don't know about you, but I just like, if I have jeans, uh, a couple hoodies, maybe some towels, socks and stuff like that, I'll just throw it all in the washer, throw it on cold and let it go. But see, I, I don't know. My issue is, um, and I'm, I, I hope April doesn't listen to this because she's going to come up to me and tell me like, bitch, I told you so. I, I know you suck at this, but I get really behind on my laundry. I've always been bad about it. I just let it pile up and then I just don't want to do it. And then, you know, you're stuck in a bad cycle because now you have to do a shit ton of laundry to be able to dig yourself out of this hole of laundry you've accumulated and yeah. then it just makes it even worse. So it's, it's a cyclical thing. Yeah. But then like, I always, the, the way I always did it, uh, going back to college is I would just pick a day. Like I would do laundry once a week. And I know to a lot of people that's like, Oh, only once a week. But yeah, I would make sure that I had enough clothes to last me an entire week. And then it was usually Sunday. Like Sunday was usually, okay, wake up, lounge around for a little while, watch football, uh, throwing a, throwing a, a load of laundry clean. Like the Sunday was the chore day. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. I just, 
I, I don't know. I, I can't say that we never really had a chore day. My mom was very OCD. So when she got in the mood, she was just like, I got to clean everything right now. Oh, um, those mom, days, dude, worst. my mom, there were days where like I would come home from college and the entire house would be rearranged. I'm like, what? What are you doing? My mom rearranges the, the, the house all the time. Where is the couch? <laughs> she, I don't know. She TV? just gets bored with the layout. I don't know. Maybe it's a mom thing, rearranging mm-hmm. furniture. But my mom, dude, I'm telling you, we did that at least once every six months. She'll be like, oh, and honey, <laughs> can you help me move the couch to the other side of the living room? I'm like, why? I'd, I'd come home and I'd go upstairs and uh, I'd, I'd go into my room and like someone else's shit's in there. I'm like, what? Oh, your room is down there now. Like what? What do you mean? Also, can, we, can we talk my about, room? Can we talk about when your mom told you you had to clean your room before people came over? Like, dude, nobody's Bro, coming in my room. No one's coming in my room. And first also, of my all, mom listened to these podcasts, so mom, I love you. But uh, <laughs> but you know that's that's kind of lame. Nobody's coming in my room. Closing the door. Listen, I didn't clean my room when my friends came over. So. I was bad about that though. I was like, if my room wasn't at least semi clean before some kind of person I knew was coming in my room, I felt bad about it. There was definitely times where I didn't care enough to do anything about it. But most of the time I try and at least pick up a little bit before people came over to my room. So wait, is, is your number one on that, on that worst chore list? Is that, is it laundry? It's just laundry is in general blanket laundry statement. Um, Oh, see honorable mention making the bed. Making the bed. Uh, Dude, making your bed is pointless. I'm not talking about making your bed in the morning. I'm talking about when you clean your sheets and you have to make, you have to like do the bed. Okay. Yeah. That, you know, especially if you're doing it by yourself and you gotta get all four corners of the sheet. Yeah. And then you go to the 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 other one. And then the other one, dude, it's it's always on the last one. I'll be on the last one. I'll put it on the corner and then the other one on the opposite side just pops off. This might show how it, how how out of shape I am, but do you ever sweat when, (laughs) when you make your bed? When I make my bed? No, I don't think I sweat when I make my bed, Josh. I think you're just getting old. <laughs> um, no, but I agree though. Back to your making the bed is pointless thing. I, I've been I'm in that camp for I've been in that camp for a while. Like I'm not gonna make my bed because I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep in it ten hours later. Yeah. There'll be some like if I'm cleaning the whole house, I'll go ahead and make it, but th- literally two or three fucking hours later. Excuse my <laughs> yeah. language, mom. Sorry. Um Three hours later, I'm getting back in my bed and it's messed up again. It's so yeah. pointless. Yeah. Like, okay, now if the sheets pop off the corner or something, that's different. I put that back. But as far as like moving the comforter, I'm so I'm so opinionated about this topic because I've always like since I was, I was like this is pointless. <laughs> why am I doing this, bro? Tell me why. Uh, we're really on these on these chore topics for a while. Uh, so if this is boring, just fast forward. Uh, Tell me why there was one time one of my ex-girlfriend's grandmas, like we were all on vacation and very specific, your ex-girlfriend's grandma. Well, this is important because no one I know except for this person mm-hmm. does this. So we're on vacation. It, it was like an Airbnb before there were Airbnbs. It's like, I think yeah. this person, I think they knew whatever. So um, we were all helping out and I went to make one of the beds in the, in, in the spare room and I, I I do the whole thing I was like okay I'm like I, I was like 17 so I'm like okay I gotta make sure this is perfect and, and impress everybody so yeah. I put the sheets on and it looks great and then she walks by the room and she goes oh whoa whoa what are you doing who taught you how to make a bed like that and I'm like <laughs> uh, 
what? So I put the comforter the way it's supposed to be and did the little, like the, the classy fold, like fold it back a little bit. So the pillows are okay. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. She took off the comforter, put it on the bed upside down and did the same fold and was like, this makes the fold look better. I'm like, yeah, but the what? rest of the sheets look like shit. Excuse my language, Mrs. Waterson. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I was like, wait, who, who does that? So then, of course, I had to tell everybody. And they were like, yeah, nobody else does that. That's just her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I'm sure my mom has done something like that in my experience. But um, yeah, chores in general are just not fun. I, I hate them, but they're honestly a necessity. Are there some chores that you enjoy doing? Uh, well, I mentioned vacuuming. Um, vacuuming is okay. I I I like wiping down the counters and the and the tables. Dude, I, gets, you know what? I, I like dusting. My mom gave me like the the duster and the spray. I liked the dusting. It was like was satisfying kid, to me to get rid of the dust. When I was a kid, I used to like I used to really love Windexing the TV screens. That's another good one. It's just satisfying, man, to see it all clean after you're like, damn, <laughs> I did that. I did that. I don't know. It's the smallest thing, but uh, moving on a little bit to the MLB Players Association, once again has rejected the proposal from the MLB to get the season started. At this point, the season is going to be lucky to be over 50 games because the MLB can't get their nonsense together um, to, you know, avoid harsh language that they definitely deserve against them. Um, but Josh, what do you got to say about the MLB Player Association rightfully rejecting another proposal from Rob Manfred and company. I really love, um, I think it was Daniel Descalso uh, the other day tweeted, and he was like, it was, it was he was doing like the conversation between the owners and the and the players association, and it yeah. was like owners, we'll give you we'll give you a dozen donuts, and the players are like no, and they're like okay, we'll give you two sets of six donuts, and they they're like no, no thanks, okay, we'll give you three sets of four. Mm, no, thanks. Okay. How about this? We'll give you four sets of three. And they were like, <laughs> no, and it, like, it's just the same thing. And it, which is what they've been doing this entire negotiation. It's Pretty much. Joke. Um, listen, as a diehard baseball fan, I'm embarrassed to be, uh, to be a diehard. Um, I know that there's players out there that literally just want to come back and play. And I, I know that there's some other players out there that are like, no, I want, I want, all of my money, which is understandable with the agreement that they, they came to in March, uh, which is unclear to this date, by the way. But I, I, I originally started this, this negotiation being on like being a, a kumbaya, like everybody needs to meet in the middle. This is getting, this is ridiculous. We just want to play baseball. And now I'm on the side of the players. The owners are, they're, they're screwing over the players in every single aspect of these negotiations. Yep. And then they're like, Why? When they turn it down. Yeah, that's been the whole thing throughout this. I mean, I can't really say it much better than you did. The fact that they're giving them almost the exact same deal, just restructured differently, you know, so many times now. You don't think they've caught on? You don't think they See, know? Where, where the like, players screwed up, where the players screwed up in this negotiation is when they have publicly said, we want more games. Now, I know a lot of people are like, well, yeah, they, they want more games. But when you're, in your, when you're in a negotiation, you almost have to play like you're a mute. But at, on the other side of, like, the executives are like, well, they said they wanted more games, so we gave them 60 instead of 50. We gave them 75 or 76 instead of 50. 
And they're like, yeah, sure. But we, we also want more money. And the, the executives are playing stupid. Like, well, you said more games, so we give you more games. It, it's, it's an absolute joke. It's embarrassing to be a baseball fan, like I said. And honestly, I hate to say this, but as the days go by, and not weeks, days, I am genuinely concerned that there won't be baseball. And that's going to affect this year and the years to come. So I think this comes down to, and I'm going to compare it to what the NBA is going through right now. So uh, we talked a little bit about the whole Kyrie Irving situation with the Orlando bubble on our latest live stream on Periscope. So if you guys want to go watch the replay of that, go check out my Twitter, Josh's Twitter, uh, and we'll put it on the dose of OJ Twitter as well. Um, But I think it's not the, not the exact same, but similar because the NBA at the end of the day, if the NBA players decided they weren't going to play this Orlando bubble, I don't think the NBA is going to disappear, right? They're going to have enough money and they're going to find a way to come back because so many people want them to, right? Um, but with the MLB, if the MLB doesn't find a way to salvage some sort of the season, they really might be screwed. Um, they're going to lose so much money and it's going to be hard for them uh, to, to keep up going how they are if they don't figure out a way to do this because the players know that they're, they're getting blackballed almost by the MLB to try and come back. And they're just, they're not for it. That's why we have players associations is for situations like this. Well, did you see, I I don't remember who it was, so forgive me, but someone of the executive stature, uh, wow, I don't even know if that makes sense. An executive in the MLB. The executive stature. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) I don't know, dude. Um, But someone said like, well, you know, baseball really isn't that profitable of a business and you're like okay like now you're now you're fucking with me for a lack of a better term like if it wasn't profitable why why are you in it why tell me tell yeah. me why if if doctors made twenty thousand dollars a year you think there would still be doctors come on come on like you're sitting here telling me that it's not profitable when you have giant stadiums that are paid for when you have mega, mega advertising campaigns given to you as a team. When uh, you can afford to give players like Garrett Cole 160, 70 some odd million. Like, there's okay. money in this. Uh, try 324. Exactly. See, I was, I was way under. I didn't even know Garrett Cole's contract. I just knew it was astronomical. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. You know, that's the whole point. If the Yankees couldn't afford to pay him that much money, why would they? And the Yankees maybe are a bad example because they're probably worth the most out of any team. Um, but it, it goes across all teams. These guys are making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And it might seem like chump change because we talk about these millions like they're not much, but it is. You know, it just – but it is. That was some dun-dun-dun shit. But um, that's – at the end of the day, that's that's how it is. You know, there's money in this business. Maybe not nearly as much as some other sports. You can say that for sure. Yeah, if you oh, tell me yeah. that the NFL is more profitable than MLB, you're right. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Just think about this. Don't sit here and tell me that the MLB isn't profitable when there's million-dollar signing bonuses getting thrown out to players that you have no idea who they are. I'll tell you one specific yeah. guy. One specific guy. I met him. He's an amazing dude. He played for uh, the Gary South Shore Railcats when they were in the Independent League here um, not too far from me, Indiana. And he got drafted by the angels and baseball freak 
no clue who this guy was until I met him. This guy, Steve Overchain, really good player, but I think he just decided like baseball's not for me. I'm going to go a different direction. He got a million dollar signing bonus from the angels. And he was like, I'm just going to throw in the bank. So he threw in the bank and like went back to school. Wow. I mean, so respect you, that guy. So a million dollars, you're going to tell me that you're going to give some guy that no one knows except for your scouts a million dollars and then tell the public that it's not profitable. That means you can afford to give somebody a million dollars on one play. That's one player. Think about how many players get signing bonuses. Especially the MLB draft is, is long, very long. I mean, those guys are getting money that, you know, you know, they might not ever technically earn because most of them aren't even going to end up playing for the, you know, the big team. Right. Right. So I, I don't know. I just, this whole situation is a mess. We've talked about this so many times because this keeps happening. This it's the same <laughs> conversation over and over again. I, I hate bringing it up at the MLB, man, just get it together. Like these players are not idiots. Like I said last time, there's a reason these big leagues have these players associations so they don't get blackballed because if the MLB could, they would have done this, you know, without question. They would have done the first deal they had, which was the worst one, uh, if the players couldn't say anything about it, which is the sad part. Um, and, and to your point about, like, I, we, we almost hate talking about it because it's the same thing over and over and over again. I had somebody, somebody text me and was like, hey, I just saw the stream uh you didn't talk about baseball and my text back was no same bullshit different day it's exactly the that's the best way you can describe it it's just a very slightly different deal that is has the same amount of horseshit in it that the MLB player association has full right to you know not sign so that's that's really all there is to it but moving on to the team that is on the top of my hat unfortunately the New York Yankees have been accused um, of sign stealing in 2017 after the Yankees and their fan base, including myself, gave the Astros so much hell about what happened to them just, it feels like forever ago, but it, it was not that long ago when the Astros finally got uh, accused and uh, not fully punished, to say the least. But yeah, the it was Rob Manfred's letter to the Yankees in regards to findings of 2017 investigation um, about alleged sign stealing. A um, whole lot of mess. Josh, I know neither one of us have dived too deep into it because it's still kind of surface level stuff that apparently, uh, according to Mark Scherer, was not against the rules in 2017. So a lot of gray area. But what do you think about what's going on in New York right now? Well, I want to I wanna make this more of a broad conversation because you know when you talk about sign stealing and you talk about um quote-unquote gamesmanship listen i played baseball for mm, quick math 18 years and um there was sign stealing going on at the youth level and in the high school level and beyond but it's different the um the, the old fashioned baseball fan in me is like look if you don't want somebody uh if you don't want somebody on second base stealing your signs change your signs if you don't want somebody you know leaning in from from first base and maybe getting tipping a pitch change your signs or whatever the case is 
that happens. That's called gamesmanship. Like if you're, if you're cheating with your eyes, okay. Like if you're not, there's no aid. I mean, you got, it is what it is. And, and, and the way it was described. So the Astros, the reason theirs to me was so bad, because it was in real time. They were stealing signs in real time, banging on the garbage cans, telling players in real time what was about to happen. The way this Yankee scandal has been described, at least right now, at, like I said, this has just come out recently. It is still service level, and nobody knows all the details except for probably the people involved. But uh, for what is said right now, the way the Yankees did it, they used video monitors to uh, see signs, um, but they told the players about it after it had happened in the dugout, like, hey, look out for this because they've, they've done this a lot, and we think it means this. That's the same thing as using your eyes as the third base coach. If he gets the same sign twice, the player, a player does the same thing twice, you're going to be like, okay, hey, look out for that sign again. And if they don't change it up, and I mean, why what's – I don't. I, I always cut you off. I gotta. Be, I gotta get better doing that. But no. Why do you think third base coaches go nose from the hat, shoulder, huh, huh, cancel? Okay, maybe we'll hit, and then well, maybe we'll bunt. There's a reason these signs are so advanced. Right. And let me tell you a specific example. A quick sidebar. Uh, I was 18, and I we were playing a team. I don't know why they did this. To be honest with you, but their some of their signs were verbal. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, their coach would go to their catcher instead of going nose, fastball, side of the lip, slider, et cetera. He would go uh, red, six. And you'd be like, okay, red. And then you, you would start to make a pattern. So, the, the plate was cut in threes, red, white, and blue. And even numbers were fastballs. Odd numbers were off speed. So, I'm standing in the box, and I hear red two fastball away got it took it wanted to make sure i was right second one white seven curveball right down the middle fouled it off the third one i i was willing to do this because i wanted to show my coach i took this i took this meatball for strike three blue two fastball inside corner took it went back to the dugout with all smiles and they were like dude you just struck out what's your problem i'm like listen Red outside, inside to lefties, etc., and we we murdered them the, the the entire rest of the game. And they were like, oh. they didn't change their signs at all. No, they didn't change their signs at all. And that's what I didn't see. Get. That's on them, right? That's what I'm saying. So like those things happen, not without electronics. That's the big thing, without electronics. I, yeah, and yes, I consider binoculars electronics because if you got a guy standing in center field going. See, and here, okay, here's why I think the video is not as big a deal. I think it definitely should be frowned upon for sure. People shouldn't be allowed to do this. But again, and I feel like I'm talking as a Yankees fan right now. I'm really not. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible and looking at this as a baseball fan, someone who is against cheating, wants to respect the game. Um, You know, in real time, like the Astros did with videos, everything at their disposal, that, that's wrong. That's unfair. That's an unfair advantage. But, okay, so but if on, you're though. not giving these repetitive things that these teams are doing in real time and you're using it to – I think that's a little bit different, even if you are still using video. I don't think you should use video. I think it should be all you know on the diamond. Whatever you see is what should be at your disposal. But I do think it's much different than the Astros thing. Well, okay, so the reason why the Astros thing is so big is because, like you've said this, is that it was in real time. 
video is all over the place in the MLB. Teams have yeah. teams have crazy setups that don't always get publicized, but the difference is they're on a seven or eight second delay, I believe. So mm-hmm. it it's basically like watching film, but in a different way. Uh, there's been film forever. Team uh, players have, players can go watch film on pitchers all they want. Pitchers can do the same for hitters. The difference is is it's kind of in it's it's in the game, but it's on a delay. So they they eliminate to a, to an extent that quote unquote I would, cheating aspect. Okay. I would compare it to this with the NFL, right? These guys upstairs with these coordinators, especially once they see a play, you know they have these things documented. And they tell their players, okay, you know, they burn us on this play. Here's the video of it. Here's what we did wrong. If you see this set again, you know, look out for this. I would compare it to that because it's not in real time. They messed up. Something went wrong. And you can show them, hey, this is what you did. If you see this again, you know, let's, let's not get burnt this time. Try and, you know, read the play and react. But that's, again, if the opposing team went out in the same set after they knew – uh, the other team had got burned on it and looked at it, and they went and ran the same play from the same set again and got picked off or something. That that's on them. That's their fault. Well, and that's like, bad coaching. Yeah. Well, and another situation that you could you could bring up in this in this specific discussion is, let's just say the scouting report on a pitcher. I, I'm a pitcher, right? And you're the hitter. You read my scouting report. It says Josh likes to throw. Josh's uh, his his two his two two pitch is a curveball. 80% of the time it's a curveball. It's, it's, it's his out pitch. It's a swing and miss pitch. Look out for the curveball. In, fir- in the first two innings, or the fir- inning one through two or three, it, in your first two at-bats, you get me on that 2-2 pitch. I'm stupid I, in your third at-bat yeah. to throw another curveball 2-2. I need to throw a fastball high or a changeup or, or some a different pitch. I got to change up. It's on me. The, the scouting reports and the videos are going to be there. Again, it's just the fact that it was real time for the Astros. And I, I just think that um, moving forward, if they can really limit, like, like if they can monitor these situations a lot closer than they have been, and there's no like brush it under the rug type scenario, because I guarantee as there As not. there shouldn't be after what happened with the Astros. Right. So I think moving forward, as long as they can put guardrails on these things, I think the game will evolve in a way that you mm-hmm. that people have never seen. Like hitters are going to be much better with two strikes because of video, not real time video, scouting video. Like exactly, that's just what it boils down to. Yeah, and I don't think there's too much more to say about it. Uh, you know, the only other thing I guess I could add to this is I think it was Carlos Correa for the Astros tweeted He's a clown, out. By the way, dude, that I. All the Astros fans were in his comments. So if you don't know, Carlos Correa tweeted out, wait, dot, 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 what, dot, 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 question mark, something like that. He was copying what Aaron Judge had said on Twitter when he first found out about what the Astros have been doing when the whole Astros scandal first started. And first of all, dude, really? After what you guys did, what you knew about, you're going to compare what's happening right now. And again, unless they know more than we do, um, how can you compare the two situations? And all the Astros fans were in his comments like, yes, man, you go, you tell them. It doesn't look so good now. But really, are you serious? Uh, you, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to put it. I think it's ridiculous to compare the two situations, especially with what we know now. Um, and Carlos Correa is a clown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's all I got. I mean, there's, um, that's, what else is there to say, you know? Talking about the NHL a little bit, talking about how they're looking at – Las Vegas, 
uh, new home yeah. of the Raiders, by the way, as a hub city for their return that they have approved, but haven't fully technically approved yet. Yeah. So basically, and and to your your Vegas Raiders point, um, Vegas is is going to become the place to be. It already is the place to be if you've never been, but Vegas is serious. Like they have the Vegas Fifty Ones minor league baseball team. They have now the Vegas Raiders. They have the Golden Knights and the AHL affiliate, the Henderson Silver Knights. So uh, all they're missing is basketball. Also, team. I, I think uh, a lot of the hype around preseason hype around the Raiders is simply because they moved to Las Vegas. 100%. But I digress, but continue. 100%. So uh, Vegas has been appointed to as a hub city for the NHL's return. Um, obviously, there's a ton of hotels down there. There's a lot of resources so there's also a lot of people. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of cut and dry. Like, yeah, I'm not surprised that Vegas is, is a hub city that I don't believe that they've come out with a second hub city uh, because there will be two. I don't believe there will be one. There will be two. They could both be on the West coast, but um, one will be for Eastern conference. and One will be for Western conference. But the, the, the weird thing is, is that I've I've had I'm guilty of this I've had conversation with hockey fans uh, like Kyle Martin on the stream, mm-hmm. and you know we're talking about oh well what if what if the Blackhawks do this what if you know what if so and so does this, and we're talking like we're all excited about hockey, and it technically might not happen still, because although the NHL and the NHLPA have agreed on training camp days and phase two and phase three, uh, that that starting July 10th there's still not an agreement on the whole situation. Like there hasn't been an agreement signed by both parties that says, yes, we're doing this 100%. So I, I guess I'm, again, I, I need to look in the mirror a little bit, but maybe hockey fans need to pump the brakes because Patrick Kane even said, listen, we need to chill out on this July 10th thing because we're not close. And there's not that much time left. I thought when the NBA first came out with July 31st, I was like, damn, that feels like a long time away. But with everything that's going on right now with Kyrie, like I said, which we talked about on our Periscope stream, um, you know, the NBA still couldn't not come back either. And it's the same, you know, kind of similar situation. You have to, you have to get all parties figured out because this is something nobody's ever dealt with before. Um, so, you know, July 10th is very, very close. And for them to not be close yet, that is a little concerning. Yeah, and I don't know if they've thought about next season yet. Like, apparently Gary Bettman has said, we're willing to push back the 21-22 season, uh, I'm sorry, 20-21 season as as far back as we need to. Um, But we'll talk about that when we get there. That's what he said. And it's like, okay, I mean, great. So... you When are we going to be there, you know? Yeah, like, you you don't have a plan for now. How can you sit here – like you got to figure out now first. So it's going to be interesting what the NHL does over the next couple of weeks here, because really, I mean, they only have, I guess some players have traveled back to, uh, to their, I don't want to call them native cities, but like their, their team cities. Mm-hmm. And um, not all of them have though. So I, I think it might be in the best interest of the NHL and the, and the PA to get something done within the next, let's say two weeks. That's about all the time they have, honestly. I mean, we're almost – I guess we're midway through June. They have, a couple, they have, you know, almost a month. But still, that's not a lot of time in the grand scheme of trying to get a league returning with all the assets, all the – there's so much to figure out within a month for them. That seems like tomorrow for, for these guys, I promise. But you want to go ahead and hop into trivia? 
Let's hop into this trivia question. Um, also, what's the score? Do you know the score? It's six to three. Six to three. It's six to oh, three. I just I actually knew it. I just wanted to hear you say it. Yeah, fight me in real life. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'll fight you so, with my trivia question answer because I'm gonna get it right. See, I, every time. So on the stream, I was like, I'm super confident, and he's not getting this right. Uh, I just do that as as kind of a ploy now. It's kind of a gong show. It's a ruse. It's a ruse. A gong show. So the question today is not necessarily about a specific sport. Okay. Um, the uh, the apparel company Puma, you know, with the with the Puma, the, with the yeah, that's probably why it's called Puma. Huh. Yeah, I know uh, that company. <laughs> that company is originated in. Hmm, how do I say this? I don't want it to be confusing. Uh, yeah, I think that's the right way to put. That's the right way to put it. The Puma company is was originated in what country? Country, not. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take a shot in the dark because I first of all I have no idea. So we're talking about like. Nike was from Oregon from the U.S. and Puma was from another. It's not the U.S., right? Obviously. Can't be. Um, maybe. Maybe you can't say that. Okay. Um, but, yes, I like Nike was – Nike's in Oregon, United States. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I only have one reason for this guess, and it's Usain Bolt, but I'm, I'm going to say Jamaica. It is not Jamaica. It's, um, uh, that was a bad German. guess. Germany. I thought about Germany, but that seemed a little. I didn't. I couldn't really make any connections. Believe so me, when I read it, it didn't make sense to me either. <laughs> that did. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, but I feel I'm like still that was three. a fair question because was it? Was it though? I feel like I it's a fair question. that was okay because well. you know you know at least like it could be these countries like it could that you could you could take five countries in your head and go it could be one of those asking me who the hell played in 1963 is it wasn't 68 69 by the way nice <laughs> it just seems a little unfair because i don't have the 68 69 nhl database in my head okay you know f- fuck off okay fine <laughs> six three okay you get a chance three. to get in two points next episode and we'll see Let's what happens oh um it is six three josh will likely not redeem himself next episode so we will yeah, see but i think that's about all we got for today guys as always thank you for tuning in wait we got uh, an interview now we're yeah, we got an interview. I was about to get there. Don't you worry. I didn't forget about Perry Aston. Yeah, that's all we got. That's all we got for for us. Um, but up upcoming, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Like I said, and Josh said at the beginning of the episode, it is with the one of the co-founders of the sports network we're affiliated with, Unwrapped, uh, Perry Aston. So I hope you guys enjoy the the audio. And the video. And the video. Get with the yeah. program. See, this is just not a good day for you. You get the trivia question wrong. You, I mean. Maybe man, I'm just gotta... off my game today. Maybe I'm just off my game today. But uh, we hope you enjoy the interview, guys, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Dose of OJ welcomes on uh, Perry Aston, who uh, we know pretty well. But um, th- I wanted to have this conversation. Owen did as well because I feel like this is an interesting topic of conversation that sports media has has kind of experienced over the past i don't know ever since barstool started um which i'll get to so perry first of all thanks for taking a little bit of time today and uh we're excited to talk to you thank you so much for having me guys it's such a pleasure to talk to my boys so what's up um owen i think i'll i started off last time i'll give you the floor 
Okay. Well, the first question I have to ask, uh, obviously, because me and Josh talk about these guys over at Barstool way too much, was Dave Portnoy an influence at all in he's starting? All, he's always been so intriguing to me, that entire group. <clears throat> Excuse me. They, they are just hilarious, but also keep that border, that line of still being, you know, professional and giving you the content that you're looking for. So some people look at it as a joke. Other people look at it as their main means of content. Like I, it's really, really interesting to see how they've really split the market, but have dominated a sector that not a lot of people honestly had the balls to really go for. So it's been really entertaining to see, you know, stuff like the, what was it when he paid so much money to watch that NFL game with Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell, to- yeah. And they found something in his, you know, background check and found some loophole to get out of it, you know. Oh, it was BS, man. That was BS. It's complete comedy, I think, to see how – I mean, eventually he's going to get there too. Like, at some point, like, he just bet that much money to have that one interaction with Goodell. Who's to say he's not going to do it again or have someone else from Barstool do it or find something else that's going to be just as entertaining for us. So, Barstool is awesome. I used to go to Arizona State back in the day, uh, and actually Barstool come out and visit once. Um, so I definitely, I did, never got to meet any of them personally, but they put on some, you know, sponsored party and it was so fun. It was this huge pool party and stuff all sponsored by Barstool and Arizona State. So Barstool's always been super cool throughout my upbringing. I've always been a big fan. So before we get, Josh, I'm, I'm going I'm to interrupt you real quick. Perry, before we get too much further into it, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you? And, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, Perry Aston is one of the co-founders of the Unwrapped Sports Network, which this podcast is a part of. Me and Josh both contribute for. And uh, Perry is one of the main co-founders. So, Perry, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm located out in Los Angeles, just like my other two co-founders. We have grown up together since the beginning. So, you know, sports has always been our livelihood. We love it so much. And I know you boys are the exact same way. And I'm assuming everyone that's listening to, you know, Dose OJ right now, they're definitely huge sports fans. And for me, it's all about the culture. So when we were, we were doing our own podcasts and stuff, NBA Unwrapped, NFL Unwrapped, and it was just me, Corbin, and, you know, Christian, when we brought him on. And just it, it felt like we were missing so much, you know, and we hit a point where I actually my old job run restaurants for a living outside of here. So I do restaurant management. Restaurant went down the next day, like out of nowhere. It turned out the CFO stole like three million dollars from the company or whatever, bankrupted the company. They put everybody on unemployment at least. So for me, I had like a month or two in between gigs for me um, and I was on unemployment for the first time in my life. I saw that as an opportunity for me to take what I've been craving and go from just these couple podcasts that, you know, went from just NBA Unwrapped to NFL Unwrapped to FFB Unwrapped, which turned to be fantasy football. So we could tell we were growing and so many people were trying to interact with us. And I just felt like there was so much more that we could be doing. And at least for me, I love being on podcasts and streams and that's, you know, but like I told you, culture is everything to me. I think to have you boys here and have, you know, the lovely, lads and lassies of unwrapped sports you know waking me up every day with messages and being able to jump on the phone with you guys and brainstorming and creating more and more things I think that is the beauty of sports for me and running a business I always like to make everything feel like a family so I definitely once I started bringing in we started with writers you know hey come in write some articles for us and then it eventually was like hey we don't need to be the only ones doing podcasts you know we can definitely 
bring on other people and have them be partner podcasts with us. And then Sportscaster came and, you know, really helped us change everything for us. We had almost a full year with them. It's still going on right now, but of course, with the whole crazy pandemic, a lot of sponsorships and partnerships are, if not stopped, at least put, you know, put on pause temporarily, you know, while a lot of things are still getting figured out. So, but it's still a blessing to be able to work with them. It's a live streaming platform. I know you've probably seen both these guys on there and a lot of other people from Unwrap Sports, including myself, Nick, and everybody there are amazing. And it's been beautiful. So for us, it went from just a couple of us doing podcasts to having a network worth, we're about 80 people now, you know, and we do writing, podcasting, streaming. The amount of content that we're able to do is amazing. And, you know, Owen, who is one of the co-hosts here, he's my editor for our, you know, our blog. And Josh uh, is still working with me to create our MLB department. Of course, we're waiting for MLB, you know, what's up guys, you know, we're waiting for a, a ruling here. Hopefully they can go back for half the season or whatever they can do. But, you know, these two guys are the epitome of why I started this network with Christian and Corbin is to bring amazing people together and create content that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise if we weren't networked together or, um, you know, given a platform to push what we love and what we're passionate about and that's sports. So I definitely, uh, it all starts with just a love and a passion and it grew into something I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, but that's where I think all the greatest things in life happen is when you kind of just open up a door and see where it's going to take you and kind of run with it, you know? So I definitely, Unwrap's probably been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm not going to lie. When you, like, when you go through Twitter and you go through social media, Unwrap Sports Network isn't the only network. There's a million of these things out there. And, you know, a, a lot of them have similarities, but they're also different. What do you think separates Unwrap Sports Network to other networks that are out there that may be, uh, may have, you know, higher numbers, but what do you think separates Unwrapped from, from those, those guys? It's a great question. I think there's so many different people out there nowadays, especially with the advances in social media throughout the last decade. It's a lot easier to start a podcast or start a network or anything like that. It's not like you have to go to school for journalism, go get an internship unpaid at ESPN and eventually, you know, run donuts for them and get on when you're 35. Like, it's just not like that's the only, you can still do that. And it's an amazing route for sure. But people can do this and even just do it as a side hustle. You know, a lot of us have careers outside of here and really try and push the boundaries. And it, it's of course the dream to eventually be able to do this full time. And, um, you know, that's definitely hopefully what we're working towards. But like you said, there's so many other amazing talented networks out there and individuals that are covering so many different sports. And there are so many different sports and so many aspects of sports too. So I just feel like I'm never that dude that uh, is territorial or anything along those lines. I feel blessed to be able to share the market with so many other great brands and hopefully can continue to grow into one of the bigger ones, of course. But at the end of the day, I always want to stay true to who we are as a network. And um, it's always people first, content second is always how I look at things. And I know from the outside in that might seem interesting, but I always have seen that or looked at it, it with any business. If you create a good culture, you put good people together, you guys are brainstorming constantly, pushing each other constantly. The content's going to be better than if you're looking for content first and hoping that the people are good that are coming in second. You know, I've always looked at it. I always stand by that. So I definitely say the people that are here are some of the most genuine, some of the best people you've ever met. Some people contribute at different levels than others. You know, you can't expect it's the 80, 20 principle. You guys know that, you know, 80% of the people do 20% of the work and vice versa. And 20% of the guys get 80% of the girls, you know, it doesn't matter how you want to twist it. It's always going to be that 80, 20 principle. And as 
a business leader, you try your best to bring that as close to 50-50 as possible, but you got to just expect that 80-20 and be happy with it because you're better in numbers. I think that's always going to be the way that you do it. But at the same time, you don't need anybody. You want the best people possible. And I've had no problem telling a lot of people no. And I'm sure a lot of people have too. And I'm sure a lot of people have told me no. It's just sometimes you don't have the right things there. And I like to keep it as transparent and real as possible because I think the most surface level thing for me personally is to be a part of something, say you're a contributor or whatever it may be. And for you to just maybe have never had a conversation with anybody at that network or anybody at that group or anybody at that job, for example, and, and you just press send and your work goes and there's no connection there and you're just another fish in the sea. And I never want anybody that ever works with me to ever feel like that. So I always know that I can't necessarily say what we have is better than others. I think we're one of the most diverse groups around. Like I said, we podcast, we stream, we write, you know, we're very creative people and we're going to continue to just build on that more and more. This is only our second year of business. Um, so I definitely think we've only scratched the surface, but we're just a very genuine group that you'll enjoy listening to. If you haven't already listened to these two guys going at it on this pod or this stream, it's just, you can tell these guys didn't know each other prior to this and now they're clicking like brothers. So for us, I just think it's a beautiful thing to put people together like that, you know? So Unwrapped is one of the best things around. And if you don't know it yet, you will. Uh, and I do appreciate you guys with all your kind words with the network as well and all the hard work that you guys put in because you guys are absolute killers. Yeah. And you know, I want to, I want to bring things to a little bit lighter mood, you know, because there's at the end of the day, if you're listening to this, yeah, we, me and Josh talk about all kinds of random shit all the time that, you know, most people don't care about, but, um, you know, moving on a little bit, Perry, the sports world is a very crazy place sometimes to say the very least. Have you had a strange interaction with anybody in sports business or just sports fans in general, maybe that, that really stands out to you is something you you'll never forget. Positive or negative. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say negative. Those are always funnier. Cool. Uh, I mean, I definitely, um, sports fans, I think what I've realized over the years, especially with the advances in social media, is that there are people out there that love to put up a fake picture, a fake name, and they get real tough, you know, and that's how it always goes. And I would love to see people say that same thing in person or just FaceTime, you know, and if, if that's how you feel, that's how you want to talk. I feel like, so at the end of the day, I never want to get into specifics because I've received death threats before since taking over this network over sports content. I'm not going to get into details with it at all, but like I had, there was a couple that I got and it was to a point where I was just like over some dumb crap too. And I, it was just one of those things where I was looking at it like, damn, Twitter is an amazing place. It is the perfect place to start your business, but it's also a very toxic place. So, you know, it's definitely you got NBA Twitter kids coming for your throat all the exactly, time. Man, yeah. like. They're very diverse too. You'll see it. It'd be like, I love the Blue Jays, Madrid, you know, the Dodgers yeah. and some team in Charlotte. And you're like, where are you from, dude? Like, who are you? You know, I, I, so that's the thing. I, I hate getting, I don't like slandering too much and stuff like that, but I just think it's how nasty some people can be on social media over dumb stuff too. Cause at the end of the day, like, for example, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it. I'll call it out right now. There was like this account. It was the PPR monster, I think. Michael Balco, who's one of our guys, sent me the tweet. He sent a bunch of people these tweets and stuff like this. It's because he put up some like super anti-Semitic tweet about like Hitler being like right or something. And like 
tried to word it to where it was all about like this black Lives matter thing and stuff. And it was like, that's where I'm like, also like stick to sports. If that's like, if yeah. you're running, especially like the PPR monster with something, it's like your account is dedicated to sports and you go out there and go offend like X amount of people. I believe the account was deleted yesterday. The fantasy football community just went off on this kid. Like all I was seeing on my account, like timeline for this day until eventually someone posted, I think it was the fantasy football stoner who love that guy. He's a good guy. He put up a, it was like a photo. It was like ironic. The guy who's, you know, this racist guy, now that his account's suspended, it's all black, you know, like the, how everyone's accounts are blacked out with the black lives matter thing. He's so against all that stuff. Now that his account's deleted, his, his profile picture is just a black circle. Like a lot of other people that support that movement. So, you know, I think it's definitely how toxic social media can be if you allow it to be, but also how beautiful it can be and how it's connected so many different people around the world. So yeah, not too many specifics, but definitely it could be a crazy world and be careful with your words on social media. Definitely. Where would you say, um, I guess this is a more serious question. So sorry, I'm killing the vibe, but where would you say in like the next five years, like realistically, where would you want unwrap to be? It's a good question. Um, hopefully something more along the lines of a bar stool, things along those lines where we can continue to get more and more recognizable personalities and names. And that's not just acquiring them. It's us with our personal growth as well with all of us around the network, you know, hopefully with us and our trajectory moving forward, just continuing to let our work speak for itself, become more of a household name and, uh, you know, more than just, okay, we're going to have great content, but it's still a back to those great, why do you love Barstool so much? You love the people, you know, you, and you love the content they produce, but you fall in love with the people, you know, and I just think that is the way to go about it always. And I really would love to follow in their steps, but I think maybe not quite as quirky sometimes, you know, I definitely want to keep it a little bit more serious on a lot of different kind of projects, a lot of different notes, because I think sometimes you need to keep it like that. But definitely want to continue to try and get more and more creative and do things that no networks really have and twist sports into different things. I would love to continue this with Sportscaster, hopefully with that point. If not, you know, hopefully to see where they've grown and where we've grown as well and continue to dominate the streaming sphere. I definitely think within the next, I've already been saying it for the last year, podcasting, which was completely dead about it decade 15 years ago but was huge before that came back like crazy within this last decade so podcasting went crazy live streaming with sports has never been a thing ever and the only thing you could think of is what twitch with the video gaming and stuff which only started really predominantly in the last five to seven years and social media streaming now you finally are starting to see sports and live streaming really starting to click and i really think that's the future so that's why we've really focused so much on, I love the podcasting, I love the writing, but I see the future in live streaming, which is why we've focused so much this last year to focus on putting ourselves in the forefront of that. And I can truly say out of any of the networks, we've done quite an amazing job of, you know, really taking steps forward in the live streaming world where I've noticed others haven't as much and they're stuck on other things, which are great too. Uh, but I definitely think that is our niche while still having everything around, but I think it's the future and we're going to continue to push that. Yeah, Perry. Uh, first of all, I think you're right. The live streaming, me and Joshua have, have talked about this before. And, you know, when I've told people that I know specifically, I've talked about sportscaster and like, Oh, what is that? And the way I describe it really is a Twitch for talking about sports. 
Right. And I, I think that's, especially with people in the younger generation, that's, you know, the best way to describe it. Most everybody knows what Twitch is, especially if you're younger. Um, and I think it's, I think it's going to uh, drift that way. Um, but other than that, Josh, do you have any more questions for, for our uh, humble leader here? <laughs> no, I don't have anything else. I, I do have to say, though, we're, uh, we're really appreciative of you coming on and, and kind of shooting the breeze with us. Uh, I know that's an old saying, but uh, nonetheless, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, we really think that people inside the network, outside the network, people who stumble upon this, who like sports, even if they don't, if they're into podcasts and live streams, I think they'll find this pretty, uh, pretty valuable. Absolutely. And during the pandemic right now, I think everyone is so backed up against the wall and not normal. And I think right now is when you really need to go out there and search for good people and good energy and really try and fill your days nowadays, especially if you're still not back at work or at a limited capacity or are missing a big portion of your life that usually fills a lot of time for you. Give us a chance. You know, I definitely think Unwrap Sports, like I said, you'll fall in love with some of us, if not our content or the way we go about things. And it's very genuine. And at the same time, go give other sports networks around us a chance too, because I really, really am a big push pusher of the people that are doing things just like us. I want to see everyone else around us winning too. So it's not like I'm saying Unwrapped is the only good place to go find stuff, but I definitely think giving us a chance is something you won't regret. And during the pandemic, I just want everyone to stay safe. I want everyone to take this seriously just because you know, hopefully it's not going to last forever. So, I mean, I'd like to be in 2021 talking to all you guys again. So take it seriously. I've been working 50 hours a week through this whole thing. I might be the most neurotic person, you know, now, you know, I put on gloves constantly throughout the day and masks and stuff. You don't have to go as crazy as me, but just take it, stay safe and, you know, try and put happiness in your life right now, where it seems like there's a lot of negativity. And, you know, I'm a big believer in what everyone's standing for nowadays. And, you know, it's great to, see everyone you know using their voice and really standing up for what they believe in across the country and outside the country so definitely you know negative times and really sad but it's also really positive times underlining because i really think we're only going to go up from here and you know I'm, it's just a pleasure to jump back on here talking about unwrap talking about sports getting back to our roots because it's the best i just have a question for you guys i do want to hear your debate on pulp or no pulp because I've been hearing quite a few people. Oh, my God. Yes, this oh, is perfect. We'll see if we have time and for this. put in my two cents before we have to jump off very quickly. I've heard a few people talking about it, so I wanted to jump in on the conversation. It's no fair. Pulp. It's pulp, first it's no of all. Pulp. There's no, there is no nutritious uh, <laughs> benefit to having pulp. There, <laughs> they say there's fiber in the pulp. It's minimal. There's fiber not, in not the pulp. Enough. It's not enough. To, to even come into account. You might as well drink no pulp. You want to, you want to keep drinking chunky juice? Go for it. But I'm just saying. The, the smooth- I, I feel like, okay, listen. First off, you're wrong. Um, second, with pulp, it's, it's similar to eating an orange. And I'm drinking orange juice. And no, I like you eating don't eat oranges. You the skin of the orange. When so, you, it's not the me, skin of the orange. Let me jump in. Pulp so I would say, if you asked me this question five years ago, I would have sided with Josh. Oh, yes, I, dude. I Finally. More, well, I liked more, I don't want to say, like, if it was Jamba Juice or a real smoothie five years ago, Jamba Juice wasn't even a debate. I was there with the processed stuff, no chunk. But nowadays, I'm trying to expand my horizons a little bit. I could do the pulp, you know. I, the I pulp do is you the move. You've got to give the pulp a good chance. It doesn't have to be pulp, you know. So I can still say Josh has, Josh has it down for sure. But I could say I can do pulp now 
and it does taste more fresh squeeze if they do it right. You know? Exactly. It has to be good orange juice. If it's at home, though, I think I might prefer like a nice Minute Maid no pulp. But like if I'm going out somewhere, you know, or it's real orange juice, I want to know that they made that. Yeah. It, I want, it, I want it, to know I'm drinking an orange. You can get like fresh squeezed, and maybe this is why I like it so much, but you can get like fresh squeezed orange juice near me, and obviously it comes with the pulp in it. And it is, let me tell you, it is like heaven on your lips. Like it is, it's a beautiful thing, Josh. There. Right, well, you, how about this? You guys enjoy paying $19 for your premium orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop a bomb before we had to get off really quick. Yeah, Sorry. No, it's okay. It, it, it's <laughs> nice being in the majority for once. I'm always in the minority in this conversation. You're not in the majority. Just because you guys agree, does it? Two people does not make it to – in this specific oh, – Josh, you realize there's there's three of us, right? Me and Harry, <laughs> everybody. like Pope, and, and you don't. Oh, well, we're talking just three of us. I haven't taken a poll yet. I just want to ask that. I haven't taken a poll. I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to do that right now. And I don't want any bias either, so I think you both put up a poll. Yeah, I'm going to put up a poll, too. I can do that. Let's ask Monique yeah. and have her put it up on the Unwrapped page for today. Yep. That's perfect. That's <laughs> perfect. We'll do that. But as always, Perry, man, we appreciate talking to you. I know we always love talking to you, and I'm glad our audience is going to get to hear a little bit about, like I said, our humble leader and co-founder of this, this awesome network. So, uh, Josh, if you don't have anything else, Perry, it was great talking to you, man. I appreciate it, guys. You have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you guys soon, okay? All right, man. We'll talk to you later.